Welcome to another episode of Reformation Roundtable. My name is Joe Stout, and I represent a group of men in the Lewis County area who are gathering on a weekly basis to discuss, plan, expect, and pray about starting a Reformed church in the Lewis County area. We're specifically focusing on the Centralia Chehalis area, and we want to be distinctly and unapologetically reformed in our doctrine, in our ecclesiology, in our soteriology, in all the different types of theological doctrines that Christians should believe. We care about being, uh, again, unapologetically reformed in. Now, reformed does not just mean the five points of Calvinism, the tulip. We've been talking about those as RC has been kind of breaking down what those five points mean. Next week, we're going to be looking at limited atonement. It's going to be a great, great fun. But reform doesn't just mean that. It doesn't just mean total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement. That's just part of it. Tonight, we're actually going to be discussing Romans 13 and civil obedience or civil submission, submitting to one's government and what that looks like, as well as having a very good discussion on how Romans 13 applies both to the Christian in submitting to their authorities and to the government and why those governments exist. Unlike our previous discussions where we've preceded the discussion with a a lecture given by Dr. R.C. Sproul, tonight's going to be different. There is not going to be a lecture by R.C., It is just going to be a discussion surrounding Romans 13 and how Christians ought to think about it. And the context for that, of course, is fear, the the pandemic of fear that has gripped the globe. And so we're talking about what it means to submit to one's authorities when, for example, those authorities are prohibiting the gathering together of God's people. And so... I hope you enjoy the discussion. We're going to jump right into it. And if you would like to join us for a discussion, if you'd like to join us in our vision to see a distinctly Reformed church be planted in the area, please reach out to uh, me. Uh, You can reach out to me via SoundCloud, which this is being posted on. I also will be posting this on uh, our blog, which uh, my blog, which is joestout.org. You can reach out to me there, or you could even just email me at joecstout at gmail.com. In our discussion, I'm going to be referencing a couple of different books early on. One of them is by an author, uh, Greg L. Banson, or Bonson, uh, and it's called Theonomy and Christian Ethics. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes to the Amazon page where it can be found if you want to check it out more. Also, we'll be, ref- we'll be talking about a, a book by Philip Hamburger called Is Administrative Law Unlawful? Uh, and I'll also have a link to that as well. Um, I hope you enjoy the discussion. Again, if you're interested in joining us in our vision, reach out to me. I mean, I mean that. If, if you share unity in these views or if you feel like maybe you are feeling persuaded by them, you should want to see a Reformed church in this area because there isn't one. There are no Reformed churches in the Lewis County area. The nearest Reformed church is about an hour and a half south of here. 
and there isn't another one north of here until you get into the Olympia-Tacoma areas. So we should have a Reformed church in this area, but that will only happen if we come together, we share these views with one another, we work towards unity, and we see what good, we see what work the Lord brings forth from our labors. Enjoy the discussion, and we'll see you next time. Romans 13 is a great discussion because... I, you know, you can, there's not a clear answer. At least I don't think, at least, you know, I don't think that there's a, a totally clear, cut and dried, it's simple answer. It's, it's uh, you know, and uh, I've, I've been pulling a little bit from Greg Banson, Bonson here, um, Theonomy and Christian Ethics. Um, great guy. Uh, and then this is not a Christian guy, but it's, it's a fantastic book. I've, I've only read the very first part of it because it's, it's way beyond me. But it basically is making the case in the entire book that it, all administrative law is actually unlawful. Um, it, and it's, of course, you know, that ship has sailed long ago. But basically, law as, um, law as Im, imposed by bureaucrat is no law at all. And so there's some interesting things here I thought would be, would be helpful to the discussion. But the Romans 13 case is... All boils it boils down to kind of two questions. Number one, um, who is the king? Who is the magistrate um, that you must submit to? Um, so that can be usually fairly easily answered. Like sometimes, unless unless you know the the uh, administrate the administrative law that's being applied to you is is not all that clear. But let's just say that the magistrate can be somewhat easily defined. But then the second question is, is Romans 13 primarily for believers just obeying governments? Or is it primarily for how governments ought to, run, ought to be functioning? Because obviously there's an aspect in here where we're told to submit to the governing mm -hmm. authorities, but there's also enormous assumptions in what those governing authorities should be doing. They exist to punish the evildoer and reward the righteous. That's why governments exist. That's why they are a civil servant or a, or a minister. They're a minister of God. That means they serve the people. That's why we submit to them. Um, and so when governments don't do that, then all of a sudden it becomes, less, at least in my mind, it becomes a little bit less clear how the Christian's response is to it. Because I think... I think the, the, the common Christian response is, well, you just got to obey the government, period. Well, isn't there a difference between submit and obey, though? I mean, when, when you look at the, the term, I mean, submit maybe meaning that God has established government and has, has delineated this hierarchy, and, you know, where do you fit in the hierarchy? So you do have a ruler, you have a boss. Mm -hmm. And all this, and um, you know, it's. I think there's points that, for me, it's like you. It takes the whole weight of the Bible to know how to deal with Romans thirteen one through yeah. seven. You know, people can. Uh, um, I was reading Doug Moo's comment, a couple of his commentaries this morning, and he was saying, you know, sometimes 
instead of working to understand what it says or know know what it says, we work to we're, we're more concerned with what the exceptions are. Mm. You know, rather than just looking at it and going, "This is this is what Paul said," mm. and why is he saying it like you're saying, Joe? Right. Why why is it there? Why right. why, is, why is this all of a sudden just appear after? Yeah. You know, Romans 12 and do not be conforming patterns of this world, all of that. Right. Why does it just pop up there? And, um, and, and Bonson makes the very uh, applicable point, and it'd probably be helpful just to read Romans 13 so we all kind of are on the same point, but he makes the very helpful point that it'd be odd for us to read through Romans 13 and think that it's only applicable to the individual subject of the governing authority and not also to the governing authority. That, mm-hmm. that Romans 13 is informing both of us. It's informing us as the subjects, mm-hmm. but it's also informing the magistrate. And um, should, we just, should we just read Romans 13? And, sure. yeah. Let's just read, um, uh, I agree with Les on the first seven verses. Yeah. Because they really do, they really do, uh, it's the only passage in the Bible that really directly deals with this whole process. And Paul wrote it, and he wrote it under Roman... Um, you know, that was really in control of many things. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the Jews, they gave men a much latitude to do certain things. Right. Yeah, we know it's Roman occupation at the time, right? And so there right. was a lot of well, it was Nero, wasn't it? And, and then I think yeah. that, you know, is, instead of trying to, you know, figure out, maybe, I don't know if best is what you were just saying last, but I think instead of trying to figure out how can we still be good Christians and yet kind of not obey or something, I mean, I don't, I don't want to even go there. Mm. I, I would rather go and just say, well, I'm farming, I'm not staying home, so you might, you look at that any way you want, and I won't go into that because then we want to, but um, I didn't feel like we could. But then on the other hand, there's many things I don't do with the government. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't run the red light. I don't go mm-hmm. at 90. Um, I pay my taxes. I do, but, but there's certain things I just kind of go, oh, I don't know. I guess that's what they want. I'm not sure what they want. And, and mm-hmm. we just kind of go about our business sometimes. So that might be not very good. I don't know. I'm pretty insensitive in those ways. But I, but I'd really like to read it. Yeah. I'd like, and I'll do that. And yeah. I'd like us to figure out, you know. So what do we think Paul is saying? And it is kind of unique that it comes right out mm-hmm. of past, uh, right after chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers do not, um, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it. Uh, is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom 
taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom uh, fear, and honor to whom honor. And, and I'm not going to be the guy that start, you know, breaking this down for you. I'm just saying, I think some of this is, is kind of straightforward how we approach some of that. But there is three different times in those seven verses where it talks about the magistrate is a servant of God, a servant of God, mm-hmm. a minister of God. Mm-hmm. If you're a magistrate and you're reading this, you that's got to be forefront in your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm in this position of authority, so I can do what? Enact uh, some humanistic version of whatever the current, the, you know, the current thing is for what is lawful and what is unlawful. No, there's only one standard of law, and that's mm-hmm. God's law, and that's the that is. That should be in the forefront of every civil magistrate's mind. Were the Romans reading God's law and seeking to obey it? That's true. So Benson talks about you know so we we have to we can we should look historically and contextually. Mm-hmm. We need to interpret scripture with scripture, not with history. So we can't take what maybe we've read in the history book and apply it and try to like exegete the passage from that. But it's not unhelpful to look at Nero and look at what kind of a ruler Nero was. Um, Bonson actually even talks about, <clears throat> in his book here, about how Nero, as a kind of his debauchery, was, was really made known more towards the end of his reign. And at the beginning, he was considered a very good ruler, uh, very just, and uh, it was, especially within the first five years of his reign, he was uh, considered uh, very uh, just and uh, excellent ruler. Um, of course, we know, looking back on history, that he was not. But at the time, possibly even at the time Romans was written, he may have been exercising something what, as what Paul dis- discusses. Whether or not that's true or not is really beside the point because it's we want to interpret Scripture with Scripture. And so regardless of whether or not Nero was or wasn't, the question is, is that, is Paul just describing some pie-in-the-sky thing that'll never happen? Or is he stating what ought to be? Right. So is he stating what ought to be? Is he stating what ought to be for Christians regardless of the ruler? Yeah. Regardless of whether the ruler obeys God's laws or whether... Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I would say yes. ...disregards God's laws. Right. So, I mean, that's that's what verse 1 says. Uh, and I would say that verse 1 means that you need to submit to your uh, yeah. ruling authorities. And that in period, not like caveats, period. Mm-hmm. They're established by God. Right. You know, and obviously he's understands there's many of them that are extremely corrupt. Right. And here comes the great difficulty, right? I mean, I think that's why this chapter, sure. is, it can be so difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you have to wonder, well, really? Even, even if, uh, you know... He, wants me to do something that I don't want to. And obviously there are caveats later in the chapter about, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't want, they don't want you to disobey God's direct mm-hmm. edict to a Christian to say, mm-hmm. okay, we don't want you to go out and murder. If the government tells you to go out and murder, right. then that's against, yeah, we should that's all directly contradictory, yeah. right? Right. That's kind of clear. But then there's a whole lot mm-hmm. of gray in there, right? Mm-hmm. There is. Uh, lots of gray and one of like you can go through a lot of interesting thought experiments like for example um, you know why don't we obey the king of England anymore well because you know like several generations ago 
our fathers, rightly or wrongly, rebelled against that tyrannical rule. And so now we have different rulers. Now we have different tyrants that we have to deal with. Um, but if the Chinese government uh, enacted a, you know, a takeover of Washington, D.C., to strictly read this as submit to your ruling authorities, if they said that they were in power, does that mean we are now, you know... Chinese Chinese communists. <laughs> yeah, nope. you know the, the, the or if uh, if the you know the state of New York sends you a tax bill for state income taxes, you know you can legally round file that because they have no authority over you. Mm-hmm. Or you know Emperor Inslee says you're not allowed to go to church, and you say I have the First Amendment, and so I'm going to obey my ruling authorities by going to church because I have the First Amendment. That's the gray area you're talking about, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that. Ultimately, it does mean obey your authorities, but it means in addition to that, that government exists to follow and enact God's law. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, I, and I would get so much pushback from Christians on that statement alone. They would say, no, there's got to be a, a separate, God's law has no place for non-believers. God's law is only for believers, or, or God's law is only for the nation of Israel. It's like, no, God's law is, is you read, read through Psalm 19, and you, you see, 119 too, but Psalm 19, you read through what God's law does, it restores the soul, it makes wise the simple, it does all of these wonderful things that is a blessing to the world. That's why the magistrate exists, and we can't read Romans 13 and not see that, and look for ways for that that reality to come on, you know, come true on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, yeah. Well, and Daniel, you know, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar in verse four seventeen, he says that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whom he wishes, and he repeats it in twenty five and twenty six. Mm-hmm. And when you read in First Peter as well, chapter two, it says Peter. I was just looking at that. Yeah. yeah, Peter says, submit yourselves uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors mm-hmm. sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men, act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bond slaves of God. You know, that's why you know, I kind of said a while ago, this whole thing is going to drive us, not just, not just seven verses from Romans, but I mean, we, we're going to draw on everything as we kind of look at this and go... Right. How am I supposed to respond? Because as an elder, we had we had to just you know what are we going to do? And I said, you know, well, we wanna we wanna be considered good citizens, but at the same time, you know, we're not to forsake the gathering of the brethren. So how do we how do we deal with that? And you know, I tried to listen to a bunch of different folks talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. that are way smarter than I am, and. You know, we wanted to, we decided to be compliant with the no gathering rule mm-hmm. um, to so that we wouldn't incite you know riots and, and mm-hmm. look at those people up there doing this that and the other thing or whatever. Sure. So anyway, it was a difficult decision, but or even at the beginning when a lot was still unknown. Yeah, you didn't want to be that one place that went against the ruling authorities, and then mm-hmm. you know you're this big hot spot for. You know, sickness or something like that, because you want to be a blessing to your community. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't fault any church for following the stay-at-home order in any state because mm-hmm. that's a tough place to be. Yeah. And I remember, I remember R.C. Sproul talk, talking about a conversation he had with a woman who, 
was talking to him, she said, you know, the Bible tells me I need to submit to my husband. And he said, that's right. And so I do. My husband's not a believer, and he tells me, he forbids me to go to church. He goes, you go to church. Hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's that submission or obedience thing. Uh, just that, I, right. you know, I don't like to split. I'm not trying to split hairs or anything, but mm-hmm. there's, you know, and, and in Acts chapter 4 and in chapter 5, you know, John, uh, Paul, and no, not Paul, uh, Peter and John say, we're going to do what God tells us to do. You know, right. I think, I, think uh, I got a couple of sources off of Living Air and just was looking at some things they said. I think this helps as they say, um, you know, we've seen that submitting to authorities does not extend to obeying them when they command us to do what God has forbidden or when they forbid us from doing what God has commanded. This qualification is implicit in the words Paul chooses. Paul says, be subject, not obey without question. Mm-hmm. To be subject or submit is an act, this is what you're getting at, is an act of the, the will to give oneself over to those in authority. It is not blind obedience. There may be points at which the state's law conflicts with the law of God. On such occasions, the Lord commands, uh, the Lord, oh, sorry. Uh, on such occasions, the Lord commands. Um, R.C. Sproul writes in his commentary in Romans, if the civil magistrate calls us to sin, we must say no. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, um, let's see. I think we see quite a few examples of that too, like in scripture, like you're talking about Daniel, you know, being told like, oh, well, you, you know, like mm-hmm. he, when he was praying when he wasn't supposed to be and, um, or even uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah um, not bowing down before the statue, you know, those are blatant disregards, mm-hmm. or those are things that God has commanded them not to do, and then, and they're or vice versa. And they're they're doing what God told them to do, mm-hmm. um, and it was in direct opposition to the governing authority. You know, and in some of those cases, it's almost like, well, boy, that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, you know, that's what you do. Um, two examples that I was thinking of. Uh, I, I mean, I was just thinking of them as you were reading. But I was listening close. <laughs> I'm but, not judging you. Like one, so this is many years ago, and I probably even told you, Joe. I mean, it's no big deal there. But so we have the FDA; they come in, they inspect the plant uh, with some regularity over the years, for sure. And uh, we were going through uh, that process, and at one point in time, the guy, um, well, there's a couple in there, and he's going, "So, what, what's the gross revenue place?" And I'm just going, well, that's none of your business. Because it wasn't on the form, wasn't there or anything. I mean, I mean, that was my response. And they immediately just, that was it. That was done. And over with. And it wasn't like, well, you know, we're sorry. Or we shouldn't have asked. Or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It was just a matter of, well, that, that's not even part of your role. Mm-hmm. So I had no problem with that. And then when we were up at the county working on that permit, I had Marguerite from Thurston County Conservation District with me, who knows more than I do. But they had a couple of questions that I said, well, I don't, I don't think it applies to this. And as it worked through there a little farther, it turned out it didn't apply. So it was kind of a matter of me not just kind of, oh, okay, whatever you say, can, mm-hmm. can we just pay for our permit now? And it, yet I was kind of not sure either and stuff like that. But So I think there's mm-hmm. room for that. And that's a little mm-hmm. more difficult than when they say, and by the way, you can't pray anymore. I'm going, well, it's kind of silly, isn't it? I mean, why would I comply with that? 
Hmm. I already don't pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just going to start praying for you. That's all. <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying that there's those gray areas are a challenge. And right. you and you are trying to figure out, boy, where, where do I get Romans 14 and start offending people mm-hmm. and pulling away from that? Well, in, in, yeah. along, that, along that line is if you don't have the mindset that the civil magistrate exists to enact justice, to punish the evildoer and to reward the righteous, then you'll be a much more you know, obedient citizen. You know, you'll just do whatever you're told. And, and whatever somebody with an official badge tells you to do, you'll do. And Christians shouldn't do that. They should be uh, as wise as serpents. You know, we should be as innocent as doves in that we are not using that, you know, that uh, serpent-like wisdom to, to, like, try to violently overthrow governments or something like that. Yeah. But we should be being as, you know... Mm-hmm. The, we should be like the in, in certain areas, like the sons of the world, because they have more they have more craftiness than we oftentimes mm-hmm. than the sons of light do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Spencer. If you, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was oh, going to throw. Okay, well, Philip Hamburger here in his book is minis- is administrative <clears throat> law ju- unlawful. Um, he says he talks about how the Constitution, you know, it. Uh, <clears throat> It says lawful executive power was very different from the two types of binding power authorized by the Constitution, um, those of Congress, of course, and the Supreme Court. Uh, and it says nowadays the executive enjoys binding legislative and the judicial power. Um, its agencies make legislative rules dictating what Americans can grow, manufacture, transport, smoke, eat, and drink. And those agencies make binding adjudications, initially demanding information about violations of the rules and then reaching conclusions about guilt and imposing fines, and only then, third, does the executive ex- exercise its own power, that of coercion, to enforce its legislation and adjudication. All that to say that, you know, what maybe a Christian could say, well, you're supposed to obey your government, you know, you're supposed to obey the magistrate, it might not even be something where you are supposed to obey it. It's kind of like getting a tax, you know, an income tax bill from the state of New York. You don't have to pay that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if China says you owe them money, you don't have to pay that because you're not in subjection to them. And so, you know, I, that's where I think, you know, you need to be in a church where you can be under submission of your elders. Because that's like, that's where the local, that's where local law really goes, comes together anyways. Um, and then, yes, you should be, you should have the spirit of compliance. Like, I want to try and comply, but I'm not going to, like you were saying, Luke, I'm not going to just roll over and obey blindly. Um, I, will, I will have the spirit of seeking to comply where I can um, or where I must. But, you know, one of the things we need to think about with law in general is um, not all sins, there, should not, there shouldn't be a law for all sins, but every law that exists should be connected with sin somehow. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, should, you know, that's why speeding on the freeway, the, the sin that that's connected with is endangering the lives of others around you. That's, mm-hmm. that's why it's sinful to speed, you know. And then, of course, there's, <laughs> there's extenuating circumstances for something like that. But I, I'm really of the, uh, of the conviction that laws should only exist if they are somehow in violation first of God's law to begin with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, 
and not all sins, you know, they're not necessarily, you can't have a law against um, lust. You can't have a law against lust. You can have laws against adultery, you can have, but you can't have laws against lust or against coveting. But you're breaking God's law when you covet. Um, we know that because it's the ninth commandment. But you can't have a law against that. But every law that you do have, should you should be able to connect it somehow to God's law because it's perfect and, and it's, it's just and it restores the soul. And one of the things I have come into contact a lot with is Christians who think that God's law does not have any role in civil government, that it's something that's set aside for maybe the original God's people, the Jews, or it should it just for us, you know, it's, I've heard people say it's immoral to hold people to laws that, to spiritual laws that, you know, that they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe where some of the Romans 13 convictions can lead us in that God's law should be the standard for the civil magistrate. And then complying with it is like complying with God. So we're going to be here six hours. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we got a lot of time. <laughs> to ask, so. You know, <laughs> oh, he's on like page seven. <laughs> I can't get over both those six books. Hours. I could even lift both those books, let alone read them. Excuse me, one of them is named Hamburger. Yeah, Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, he's, he's a lot. And the other guy is named Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a professor of law at Columbia Law School. <laughs> you know, we. Uh, Part of part of the part of my uh, the reason I said I think we're we're beyond the point of no return is we've you know we're we're so relative about everything now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I say we, I'm just talking collective. Yeah, and absolutely. Us guys here, but um, we're so relative now. They've come in, they've ripped the Ten Commandments down off every every public building mm-hmm. there is to take it off of, and so there's no the absolute is gone, yeah. you know, and it's, right. it's like, you know, Jesus said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. I mean, I think part of the reason he mm-hmm. said that was that, you know, being a Jew and trying to, trying to manage yourself and to live under, under that amount of weight, yeah. oh, legislating yeah. every single move, you know, how many degrees of separation are you now from the, the, the table of the law that Moses received, and now you're over here. It's just, it's kind of the same thing here. Right. And I I have this in very short, if you'll indulge me, where we, where we were and where we're at now. Hmm. Uh, as Chief Justice Thomas McKean heard the case, Republica versus John Roberts, Roberts was found guilty of treason, was condemned to death with only... The, uh, with only uh, let's see, I don't know what I put that there. Being found guilty of treason, Roberts was condemned to that. When he had only a few days before his execution, McKean, who's the judge, called the condemned man back to the bench and he said this to him. You will probably have a short time to live. Before you launch into eternity, it behooves you to improve the time that you may be allowed, may be allowed you in this world. It behooves you most seriously to reflect upon your conduct, to repent of your evil deeds, to be incessant in prayers to the great merciful God, to forgive your manifold transgressions and sins, to teach you to rely upon the merit and passion of a dear Redeemer, and thereby to avoid those regions of sorrow, those doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell, where even hope cannot enter. It behooves you to seek the fellowship, advice, and prayers of pious and good men, to be persistent at the throne of grace, and to learn the way that leadeth to happiness. May you, reflecting upon these things, and pursuing the will of the great Father of light and life, be received into the company and society of angels and archangels and spirits of just men, 
made perfect and may be qualified to enter the joys of heaven, joys of people, and full of glory. This doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not even. There. There may be a Christian on the bench somewhere, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't say that. <laughs> they, that. That's. That's how far we. I mean, mm-hmm. this was. This was in early American history. I had a date written down, but I forgot what it is. But I mean, it's well, like a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, about two hundred, let's yeah, say, gotcha. probably about two hundred years ago, where you have someone who's actually, excuse me, uh, adjudicated it and then, and you know, passed judgment, and the guy's going to hang for treason, calls him back in and gives him witnesses to him, with, kind of witnesses yeah. to him and yeah. says, "Listen, yeah, you know, I don't want you it's to go not too this. late." Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, these these kind of things have caused me to think about capital mm. punishment and things. And, you know, our system is so flawed. We're so, we're so hypocritical and mm. we're so absent of truth and all of that. I, I, don't, I don't know if we should execute anybody because I don't trust the system anymore. Yeah. And that's just less talking. But, you know, that, no. that kind of harkens back to what we're, what we're talking about here tonight, too, I think. Yeah. As long as we're executing babies... We have no business executing criminals, or what? Who we think? Yeah, are criminals. I mean, yeah, yeah. we we've got brothers and sisters who refuse to work in a hospital, you know, mm-hmm. to not to not issue from pharmacies the morning after pill and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Right. You know, I mean, God bless them. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. they're taking a stand, and even though it's sanctioned by by the authority, by mm-hmm. the governing authority, they're yeah. saying we were not we're not going to do yeah. it. Well. Amen to that. Yeah. But it, it may cost them their job. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're supposed yeah. to protect life, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But see, now now we've got this bogus definition of what life is. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah. Well, to a certain number of months, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, I completely agree with you. And so that can leave the Christian uh, thinking like, okay, well... Can we vote our way out of this? And we can't vote our way out of this. And but the thing is, we've never been able to vote our way out of this. Um, Re- Reformation always begins with God's people worshiping. And to kind of bring this back to where this whole group is kind of, you know, some of the common themes that this group has been talking about. This the uh, Reformation within the church. It starts with the people of God, and it doesn't start politically. Politically is always downstream from worship. And until we repent as Christians, we can't expect our ruling government to repent. Uh, Doug Wilson says, has said several times that Donald Trump is the perfect American president because he represents us perfectly. He is the perfect representation of American people. And, and so in some senses, it shows that democracy in terms of representative government works and in the other sense, it shows how flawed it is, because we have become a clown. We've become a, uh, we're not a serious nation anymore. We're a nation of clowns. Well, that French guy back in the 18th century, I can't remember his name. He said, you know, the, you, you, people get what they deserve as mm-hmm. far as the, 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 the their leaders. The leaders, yeah. They, they get what they deserve. Yeah. Right. And uh, anyway. So I think that I think what if I can. If I can not indulge the temptation to despair, because I, I, I look back on those kinds of things with like kind of a yearning for like, how much does the Christian heart want to see that kind of justice? Mm-hmm. You know, where, you know, you are being convicted on the, the, the testimony of two or three witnesses. If it's a false testimony, then the law is turned, whatever the punishment that the accused would have received, you receive. You know, to see God's law perfect as it is enacted in real time. We want to see that, and that's that's what 
that's what you know Anglo jurisprudence has been based on. Has been on you know the the law of God, um, but it does have to start with worship, uh, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to know how how church was going for everybody because it's it's not church. You know, church church is the gathering of God's people, mm-hmm. um, and so we're it's makeshift. We're doing kind of the best we can with what we've gotten. Spencer has been going for, for the Zuccotti family. We kind of stepped up our family worship time a little bit more. Awesome. We've been singing hymns together. We've been yeah. um, praying together, um, reading some things together. We started reading Pilgrim's Progress together mm-hmm. and just kind of talking about that, and that's been hugely beneficial. Awesome. Um, we, have a, we have the original version, and then we have a version that's been sort of updated because otherwise the kids are like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's a little bit beyond them. Right. Uh, but it's been really good just talking about like what a Christian life looks like and mm. the things we deal with and how we, you know, we slip, we fall, we, but we got to get back up and get back on yeah. the path. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been really good. We've been spending a lot more time, probably about an hour every evening, especially mm. we get together. And um, I actually bought a, a sort of a family worship guide. Mm-hmm. That has a different hymn each day and uh, like a prayer that um, was like from a Puritan era person. Mm-hmm. Um, some a prayer that's written there. We haven't been doing that so much, but then we've been reading. We've been doing the Catechism mm-hmm. and doing. Uh, we've been reading through the Book of Matthew as well, along cool. with that. And uh, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, fantastic. Making it making it work. Huh. But and we've been you know chiming in on Sunday and and Sarah and I'm listening to sermons, kind of like what you were saying, just. Mm-hmm pulling up random people. Yeah. Right. Not random, but people that we trust to <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, that's right. You know, a little Olstein, a little... Yeah, that's right. Hey, Benny Hinn. Little Benny yeah, Hinn. Right this is Coltland. a pastor. She's Coltland. a woman. What she has to say? <laughs> oh my goodness. Have you seen that? Have you seen speaking? I'm sorry. This is totally a rabbit trail that Kenneth Copeland was spouting off about COVID-19 and a bunch of people have auto-tuned it into a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. I was like, "Oh, Kenny, like you poor lost man." I've not seen that. Oh man. Oh, he's anything auto tune is gonna be good though. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> Luke, how about for you guys? Not yeah. If you, I, I think Elizabeth maybe told told me that you guys have been doing some of the First Baptist. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, an odd situation to be in when you're looking. We're still looking for a, a quote unquote home church, right? And then have everything shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of makes that difficult. Um, but or does it? <laughs> or, or does it? <laughs> oh, but man, we uh, we had visit. I visited. Uh, yeah, the Grace First Baptist, Grace Baptist. Um, anyway, three times, and Anna been there twice. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of honestly, it's been easier for the family to follow that on Sundays just because they have they post stuff to YouTube and it's easier for me to stream that so yeah um, I haven't really watched much else we've been consistently doing that on Sunday but yeah. it's actually allowed a little bit more time for us to discuss with the kids yeah and incorporate into the week and be like right. hey remember this on Sunday we talked mm-hmm. about this and hey we're gonna read that we're gonna look this up and read about it mm-hmm. a little bit more and hey what do you think about that now right um, and there's been a little bit more just a little bit more interaction during the week on that, hmm. mainly because um, I think we're that's that's all we've got. Yeah, is is mm-hmm. is kind of that I guess that we're looking at right now. Right. Um, I don't know. I was kind of curious. I haven't looked too much else. I think OCRC, our old church, has been doing just Facebook Live right events, and I guess you can. I guess those are recorded. You can go back and look at it or whatever. But I'm not sure. 
Like, is it, are you guys, are you guys watching your local church stuff or are you kind of just browsing? Uh, We've just been basically watching Calvary Chapel stuff, but Sarah and I both, um, there's a lot of free like homeschooling stuff and things. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a lot of things that we've been looking at with that, that, um, the curriculum that we typically look at a lot of times is God focused. And so mm-hmm. we end up, you know, getting a lot of, um, sort of little mini sermons here and there as we're, um, listening to stuff about homeschooling and, uh, other stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that's right. about it outside of home yeah. church stuff. Yeah. We've been, we've been doing, we've been doing a lot more family worship too. It's been, Fabulous because we love, <laughs> you know, I, I was telling the kids last night, it's like, this is a really unjust thing that a lot of people are having to suffer through. Mm-hmm. And you guys don't have any idea how blessed you are to, to really largely be unaffected by it. You mm-hmm. were already homeschooled. You already, <laughs> you already had lots of work to do on the farm, you know, and, you know, daddy didn't have to quit quit job, his job, and his job will still be there when the quarantine ends. And, but I was, so I was telling them this is really unjust for a lot of people, but there's also a part of me that's really enjoyed the fact that there's nowhere to be every night. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's kind of like, I remember I was reading uh, a guy by the name of Peter Lightheart, and he was, he was saying that Christian families right now need to be doing family worship every day because we have nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is not totally true. We've got other things to do, but, but yeah. we really, we don't have the excuse of being too busy. Um, and so we really, we need to take this opportunity to do family worship in a, in a very proactive, deliberate way. And, and it's, you know, when we were living in Spokane, we only had, we only had three kids and they were all very, very little, but we did covenant renewal worship, which uh, I know I've talked about here before, but it's where God, there's five C's. There's the call, the call to worship. Uh, God calls you into his presence and, and you recognize that you're sinful and you need to confess your sins. That's the second C. And then after you've had your sins uh, forgiven, you are consecrated through the sermon, through um, prayer, through singing, hymns. And then, of course, if it's church, you, you have the Lord's Supper, um, and that's, and which is then the fourth C, which is communion with God. Mm-hmm. That's the, the pinnacle of, of the service. And then finally, you're commissioned back out into the world. And, that, and so we've been doing that with the children, with the kids, not every night, but we're, we're trying to do it you know, consistently. And it just reminded me how much we love Covenant Renewal Worship. And so much, in fact, that we have not been doing Calvary Chapel. Uh, And and, uh, it it seems like it's probably, this is probably the time that we'll make our transition out from Calvary Chapel. I haven't talked to Ben, so I... I know so. I'm telling him. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it's, I'll, I'll I'm gonna call this, him right now. You're being recorded. I'll yeah. edit. I'll edit this out of the recording. But uh, but but I don't think I don't think we'll probably yeah. be back at Calvary Chapel because you know there's uh, that's just not something that's uh, yeah. that's important at Calvary you have Chapel. To go where the Lord leads, and so uh, there's actually the church uh, Faith PCA up in Tacoma. Uh, they've been streaming their theirs live, and, and there there's Covenant Renewal Worship minus, of course, the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there is no Lord's Supper to, to, to mm-hmm. have at home, of course. Um, but it's just been, it's been wonderful. And I don't know when the restriction gets lifted, what we'll do exactly. Yeah. I don't have a good, uh, I don't have a good handle on that at this point. But, um, but I, I did want to talk with you guys about that just so you knew where we were kind of at. I didn't even talk to you about this, Dad. Because um, I, because I know you're not uh, listening to Ben's sermons either. <laughs> <laughs> no, our kids have been enjoying um, 
communion as well. We've been doing communion actually more often. And then, you know, the uh, Grace Church has been saying, hey, they, they do it once a month. They don't do okay. it every Sunday. But So you guys do it at home? But we've been doing it yeah. at home. Right. And we've been sure. setting it up. And actually, uh, as in anticipation of, you know, Resurrection Sunday, we had unleavened bread and we did all that. Mm-hmm. And it was like the kids loved it. You yeah. Know, and they had a big That's deal. awesome. Cool. And, uh, and everyone participated. Yeah. Even Caleb. So that was his, you know, like yeah. his first time there. And yeah, that's super cool. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Anyway, but I think that part of it. And thankfully, you know, the kids, they knew what homeschooling was like. Mm-hmm. But still, being under someone else's schedule and someone else's stuff makes it, it's hard. Still, mm-hmm. it's harder. Right. Uh, it's been definitely difficult for Hannah to yeah. probably do all that. but. Mm. Right. She's been doing pretty well. Yeah. The thing that's been amazing to me is I've actually, this whole thing has given me a lot of opportunity to witness to people at work mm. because of um, some of the hysteria. Mm-hmm. People don't know what to think. People are scared. People are like, what does all this mean? Yeah. What happens if I die? People are weighing mm-hmm. some more heavy stuff. And I, I've had a lot of people that are like, you go to church, right? Yeah. Well, you know, what, what, do, what do you think of this? And like, they're kind of bouncing ideas off me or what they think. And it's given me a lot of opportunity to speak some truth to people that I wouldn't probably normally have had an opportunity mm. to, wow, that's cool. um, which is cool. Yeah. And then it's been it's really funny because I've had people mock me for being home, our kids being homeschooled and they're <laughs> starting to change their tune a little bit. It's funny because somebody was like, you got six kids, right? Like how hard is that having them all back at home? I was like, well, they've always been at home. They're homeschooled. Oh, yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, right. but honestly, it's been good because there again, like it leads to sort of a comment, well, why do you homeschool? Yeah. And well, just like that, is... no one wonders what mom does all day. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> I saw Sarah sent me a meme one the other day and it had um, what everybody thought homeschool moms were like before. And it had all these like Mennonite women with their head coverings and. <laughs> And then it said, uh, I said, what they think they're like now. And it had, uh, like a bunch of cowboys walking down the street, like ready for a gunfight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about the, the change people's heart there on that. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. There's always good, right? I mean, there's always good that comes out of whatever God, mm-hmm. God has placed yeah. before us. Mm-hmm. So you can only imagine, and, and Anne and I had conversations about that, tab, about this specifically. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what good's going to come out of this? I yeah. can see, totally see some good come out of this. Oh, you yeah. Know? Not mm-hmm. only are people going to be more connected as families, they're going to be forced to yeah. spend more time with their kids, forced to understand their kids more mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. be more understanding about how they learn mm-hmm. and what education looks like at home, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And then also, though, uh, you know, as a country, it's like, hey, where, where are our reliances? Mm-hmm. And who do we rely on? We rely on China yeah. for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it ninety nine percent of our antibiotics? Did, did you see the president the other day? Gave like it was like a twenty minute uh, just talking with. I can't remember which news agency it was. Um, they were interviewing him, and he said, "He said what this has made me realize is we need to be independent of mm-hmm. all these other countries." He said, "We can't." He said, "Right now we're being held hostage by China and all these other countries mm-hmm. that because they won't give us the product we need." And mm-hmm. he said, "That's got to stop." Right. And I agree with that. You know, Les, I, I was just actually thinking about this when, when Luke was talking uh, just now about in terms of praying for people and for our leaders and whatnot. Um, you know, Paul talks about sorrow that leads to death and sorrow that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. And the, I, th- I, could, I could theorize that maybe one of the things God is doing right now 
is bringing us to our knees because, as G.K. Chesterton says, the, our walls of gold are entombing us. Um, and we don't want to miss this opportunity to receive the chastisement of the Lord, mm-hmm. hopefully with the idea that our leaders will repent of it. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be just a sorrow that leads to death, like yeah. it does for a lot of people, but, but that could be part of the prayer too. It's just mm-hmm. like, inflict us with this sorrow that brings us to our knees, that it would lead us t- to mm-hmm. him. Um, somebody that Sarah listens to, and I, I forget who it was. Um, I wish I could remember. Um, he had said, uh, in the thing she was listening to, he said, is God doing this to us or for us? Mm-hmm. And I thought that's a good uh, thing to think about. You know, like you said, what's the benefit for us as Christians? Like, you know, counting it all joy when we encounter trials of various right. types. Like, right. um, what benefit uh, for us yeah, in our spiritual walk? I don't think suffering is ever ever, you know, just for spite. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think the Bible would say that at all. It's always for our good, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation. So you just have to be able to see yeah. what that good is or what God is instructing you yeah. in that time. And that's hard sometimes to go through, mm-hmm. obviously, but um, I feel that's the case with this, with mm-hmm. this situation, with, you know, different families and different mm-hmm. perspectives. And it's like, well, that gives you time to find those things that you need to find during this time, mm-hmm. uh, relying more on him, uh, you know, being more devoted as a family, mm-hmm. whatever it may be for yeah. different people. And I think it's opened up this whole idea of homeschooling, you know, the whole, it's challenged a lot of the, the norm mm-hmm. in secular society yeah. as a whole, like across the board, how we normally did things, everything's gonna be different. And yeah. some things are gonna be different forever, not for good, and some of the things are going to be different for good. You know, there's going to be good that comes out of it. <clears throat> yeah, I still won't go back to Costco if they make make you wear a sissy rag. I had to wear a mask today. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I didn't. Sissy rag. I was compassion, Joe. You need more compassion. compassion. That's right. I was thinking of this. Well, I guess so. I was thinking of this prayer <laughs> I jotted in the margin. If you think you can, <laughs> margin my Bible here in Romans five, where Paul talks about you know exulting in tribulation, but. Um, the prayer goes, it goes, I know you love me and carefully measure every trial and have a loving purpose to accomplish in every tribulation. Lord, I won't seek trials and search out tribulation, but I won't despise them or lose hope when they come. I trust your love in everything you allow. I mean, God has a purpose for, mm-hmm. for everything, and sometimes the purpose is chastisement. I mean, yeah. I read Hebrews too, and I mean, it's, it's there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, God, what are you what are you doing? And I don't I don't I don't need to know why, because that's a hard question when we yeah. talk about God is why. But Lord, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I need and I want to respond and I want to do this well too. Yeah. You know I want to whatever this it looks like and however it affects me I want to do it well mm-hmm. because going back like to, to First Peter again you know people are watching us they want to see how we respond mm-hmm. not necessarily react that's one of the reasons I said, you know, enough of this stupid Facebook thing, man. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it way too much, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though there's, it's, it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, killing anybody. I wasn't, but I, you I, just I, I, the I, was, causing, I was causing some grief for people that I care about. <laughs> sure. Because somebody got a hold of me, and they said, why did you cancel your Facebook? I said, because some of the things I'm saying on there affect people that I care about. Yeah, they're not worth losing friends And, and I'm just like, yeah. you know what? And, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's a bad vibe anyway. So anyway. 
some I can't remember who it was that pointed this out about the story of Job, but you read through the entire story of Job and you're never we're never informed in the story that he ever found out what was happening to him. Right. <laughs> that he he never got to know that he was like this divine um, showcase of faithfulness, you know, mm-hmm. and of and of um, uh, punishment, you know, kind of an outpouring of of testing. Uh, and even in chapter two, there God's talking to Satan. He says, "You caused me to 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 destroy everything that he had." You know, basically God did it. It wasn't it wasn't Satan that did it. It was God that did it. Mm-hmm. You know. He allowed Satan to be the, the, the method, the means, but it was God that did it. But Job never apparently is ever told that he was doing that all for for the glory of God and for for yeah, you I know. was testing it as my righteous servant, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like he knows now, but he never got to know why. <laughs> but he never got to know why. Yeah. And so, you know, when you want to know why, that's usually the wrong question to be asked. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you know, at the end of the book you see God talking talking to him yeah where were you and all you know filling yeah. the long blank yeah. Yeah, but you know the, the thing with the thing with Joel versus the, the the friends is the friends did a whole lot of talking about God mm. and Joel talked to God mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. you, you see that there was uh, you know Joel struggled and, and he had sinful thoughts but I mean mm-hmm. in, in the end you know naked I came naked, you know all that I mean I just yeah. See Job, and I go, man. I hope I hope that I can trust God when when it really comes. You you hope we we hope we can receive good from Him and also receive evil. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when both come. Yeah. I mean, because he he has a purpose. You know, I I watched this um, I watched this song um, uh, from Shane and Shane. I think these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it's out of... Uh, Was it with commentary from John from Piper? Piper, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's from... Um, it's a uh, good one. Oh, my goodness. What book? Though He Slay Me, Yet Will I Open Him. Is that yeah. Job, right? Job is yeah. Not. So anyway, they're, they're singing a song about that, and it's a really nice song. And then, and then right in the middle, they insert this thing about Piper, and he's preaching out Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, you know this momentary light affliction and he doesn't make light of it but he just he just hones in on it uh kind of the thematic thing is don't don't let your suffering go to waste Mm -hmm. yeah you know but this momentary light affliction and it's only momentary and it's only light because there is this monumental way to glory that's Mm -hmm. coming yeah that's going to be had yeah and it's just it was just pretty pretty cool i thought poignant video one of the in that the family worship guide that we got the one of the hymns there's one I had never heard of um, it's whatever my God ordains is right yeah um, it's from it's an old one it's from 1675 um, and it was kind of redone later on um, but it's, it's the same thing whatever my God ordains is right his holy will abideth I will be still whatever he doth and follow where he guideth he is my God the dark my road he holds me that I shall not fall wherefore to him I leave it all and then there's, there's four stanzas but they're all along that same line and uh, I was just looking through all the different hymns that were on this and um, when I saw that I was like that's kind of fitting for the current situation um, and yeah. just life in general but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad you know I haven't really talked too much about how Sundays are going uh, I know you're not joining the Calvary Chapel 
live stream it. Like, yeah, yeah, every week, bro. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. <laughs> you're the only faithful one left. Hopping <laughs> <laughs> so hop the fence, pounding on the door. <laughs> I knew that Dan would flake out quick. <laughs> All I want to do is tithe. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Oh. But how, yeah, how has it been going for you and mom? Uh, good. We're a little more mobile than uh, maybe like Les and I. I mean, we just there's just the two of us. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to a lot of kids and stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, you. When you, when you say mobile, you just say that everywhere we go it takes forever, and we just like are kind of. <laughs> I get well, it. I get it. When we were when we had I don't kids know at home. You know, uh, you do think of that mm, as where you are, and I felt like I made a few compromises in some of the, at like going to the Nazarene Church as it went downhill a little, in my opinion, more as the 15 years we were there. But some of it had some good aspects, mm. and it had to do with the kids because. Once you guys grew up, it was like I was out of there mm-hmm. um, just because it started to wear on me where they're at. But right now, I mean, Sam and I, we can. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not driving to Tacoma church, <laughs> I can promise you that. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. Nothing super. So, are you guys watching church from home? Or are you doing. Oh, yeah, we're live streaming uh, John MacArthur. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Right, finding out how man, I can't really sing with two of us. No, we we sing loud, man. Yeah, you're just gonna turn it up. I'm not a good singer. You gotta turn the volume up so you can't hear yourself. Yeah, we turn it up pretty loud. My my wife runs the nursery at our church, so she's often downstairs at the nursery, and then Mm -hmm. I go, I go help her at least two or three Sundays during the service. What church do you guys go to? I go to Christian Fellowship of Winlock. And are you guys live streaming anything? No, Terry, he does, he, he tapes it and posts it. There's oh, okay, no live gotcha. stream. You know? Gotcha. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have data issues out there. Oh, you know, There's right. not a whole lot of fast internet. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm restricted as to how much data I get. So I go to church and do my, you know, go flip my laptop open and watch stuff there. But uh, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. But, um, I... We were the other Sunday we sang and, and I don't know later that day we were sitting around and I, I and it, I turned to my wife and I said you know I never knew you you could sing so well she goes what do you think? I can't sing I said no I mean my wife well, your hearing's going yeah right well I got bad tonight <laughs> but but you know it was just a blessing she yeah. was singing and I could hear because yeah. usually we're we don't she doesn't yeah. get to church a whole lot because you know we're small and and. You know, trying to get anybody to commit to volunteer in the nursery or whatever. Yeah. Her and I get it a lot, and we love them kids, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just real. It's a been a blessing. This, like you said, this has this has caused a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one of the things that's gonna. I think of the if if you think about it, you're gonna go. You know, I miss people. Mm-hmm. I miss these people, and we're gonna have a really good reunion. Because mm-hmm. I think, as, as a, for me, I'll speak for myself as a human being. I can I can get to a point where I take a lot of things for granted. Yeah. And when you take things for granted, the thing that begins to diminish, I think, is gratitude. Hmm. And so you lack appreciation and, and gratitude, and, and this the nature of fellowship and all that. And when it's just ripped away from you, yeah. you go, 
wow, okay, you know what, I I could kind of float in, float out, or whatever, but yeah. man, it's really dawning on, on you, so anyway. Yeah. I was going to talk about capital punishment. <laughs> talk about oh boy, I was, that was like another rabbit trail there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's, you know, again, it's kind of government, sword. Yeah. Do they do, they do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we become so parochial about things, you know, as far as um, uh, self interest and all mm-hmm. that, as a, generally as a nation. And I, w- I still don't want to live anywhere else, but I'm telling yeah. you, we're, if, if, you know, if Biden and, and if everybody gets in that we don't want to be in, I don't know, where do we go? Yeah. I mean, where do you go? I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, in, in, I mean, the sword, I think, can also be <clears throat> literally thought of as capital punishment, but also can be just thought of as like the kind of like a rod of authority. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Yeah. No, and I'm, so it's like the, the government definitely bears the, right now it seems like they bear the, the responsibility of harassing you. It's like, they, they're, it's like you, you don't fear the government from the standpoint of like, oh, I'm embezzling my taxes or I'm, you know, uh, beating my wife. You fear the government because you're going to use the wrong pronoun or you're going to, uh, you know, not send your kids to the government schools and they're going to, oh, you didn't check every box right. You know, there's the book uh, Three Felonies a Day that just talks about how we're all committing on average three felonies every single day because where the law increases, so sin increases as well. And that's, our government exists and all the laws exist so that they can always get you if they want to get you. <laughs> and that's a very unjust place to yeah. be. And I don't want to live anywhere else either, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize the yeah. serious flaws we've got. And it, I think in virtually any instance where the government has taken, <laughs> taken a right, they've never given it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you you've lost it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, there's pro, there's I'm certain there's exceptions, but I you know I don't know. I was trying to think of a few. Yeah. I can't, but I I think of certain things that that have been usurped by the government, which wasn't intended by the founders. Mm-hmm. And you know, like Ronald Reagan says, the, those terrifying words were from the government. We're here to help. I mean, mm-hmm. you hear those words and you go, oh, we're in trouble now. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's always good to have a perspective too to go back and remember that you know God is God is not American. <laughs> yeah. Know? Sometimes yeah. we get stuck. No, he's not. I think I know. I think yeah. sometimes a lot of us get stuck mm-hmm. in like, well, shoot, the Constitution says you know this is that. Yeah. It's like, well, wait a second. What does the Bible say about that? And what did Paul go through? And yeah. what was Paul experiencing? And how should we prostrate ourselves? You know, what what's our role? And I guess realizing that it doesn't matter what the government decides to do, mm-hmm. and we pretty much have persecution in our future, no matter yeah. what, mm-hmm. if you believe what's written. Right. So whether it happens this year or next century, I don't know. But uh, I think that in, in itself is a good perspective on things. Well, so do you feel like, do you think like the founders were idealistic in their forming of a government, like just delaying the inevitable persecution we're all going to experience or do you feel like they were advancing the gospel with their vision of a city on the hill I think ultimately they had good good intentions of advancing the gospel but um, I think any government is going to end up in a flawed situation of catering to the will of man so 
whether we see, you know, and I feel like that's that's basically what we've seen. Yes, were uh, were their intentions good in leaving the throne of England so that they could worship on their own and not be told what books they could mm-hmm. and could not read? Yes, that's great. Uh, but a lot. Of but were they all I, men and then what ended up? Were they all saints? Adult? Were they all sinless? Should we worship, you know, them? No, obviously not. Mm. Should we should we hold to the ideals of the Constitution because they had this great idea? Okay, yes, I feel like the Constitution is a very good document that in itself is uh, probably the best in the world as far as what you can compare to. Is that our ultimate authority? No. Do we do we lay our hold and our claim to that? No, we, we don't. So, um, How much change was there from 1640 to 1776? Mm-hmm. From, from the Mayflower Compact and what happened Definitely. initially to what ended up happening in Philadelphia, you know, in, in the foundings and all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, what what happened, how did did the ideal get diluted mm-hmm. over time? I think anytime you have something that is virtuous and noble and maybe even holy and you insert man into it, you know, we're going to start But that's the only thing that can be virtuous and holy is when man is involved with it. You know, man sanctified by God to go out and do the will of God. You can't have animals doing that, and you can't just have a picturesque mountain peak that's unencumbered by man. It can only be through man. Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing I'm thinking of on that is um, if if persecution is just the final end, then, yeah, that's going to totally change your outlook on life. But if if there is... Not not like I'm, I'm saying that there isn't that we shouldn't expect persecution or we should expect persecution. I haven't really been persecuted ever. I mean, I'm not, not, mm-hmm. not yeah, really persecution. Really. Um, and, and I may not my whole, the rest of my life. Um, maybe my sons and daughters will, maybe their sons and daughters will, who, who knows, but we shouldn't, I don't think we should necessarily f- feel like that's a foregone conclusion. Like, you know, the government's just going to get more and more wicked. It, it, it very well may, and it may not because uh, at some point, you know, we were in a unique situation as Americans because we came to the New World and we kind of had a chance to, to start with a bunch of Puritans mm-hmm. <laughs> who had very, very similar ideals. And, and, you know, diversity is actually not our strength. It actually invol- invokes a lot of um, unrest and violence. And, and that's our God. The God of our age um, is diversity. And I told Elizabeth uh, this morning, it's, I'm not opposed to blasphemy laws, actually, because we still have blasphemy laws. It's just I'm opposed to what they consider blasphemy. And mm-hmm. blasphemy now is racism and homophobia and trans, transphobia. And, and, and you actually lose your job because we still have blasphemy laws. But unfortunately, instead of the blasphemy laws being noble, like don't blaspheme God, and if you do, you'll get thrown in jail, now the blasphemy laws are don't blaspheme the God of the age, the zeitgeist, you know, whatever, whatever happens to be, that's the problem with democracy is that it puts man at the center of all government. It's like the will of man, the will of the people. And that, that's what I mean when I, you got this, exactly you take, you take, kind of you take pe- man and you, you know, I had a big long, it's my goddaughter's boyfriend, he's, he's a socialist and we started having a conversation about it. And, and, and he, he told me, he said, don't, don't lay your Christian stuff on me. I said, okay, I won't. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about this. And, you know, he had all this stuff, and he had it all lined up. And you could tell he'd had a lot of dialogue with this stuff. And I said, well, 
I said that that all sounds really good on your little on your little notebook here, but you're gonna you're gonna take people and insert them in here, and now somebody somebody wants to be in charge, mm. and you know, and this other person wants to be in charge. Mm. Now now you've now you've inserted this conflict in this, and you know it's just it, it just it just kind of mushrooms. Yeah, you know, you know that that's what yeah. I meant by. What, 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 what was Buckley? What was Buckley's comment? The problem with socialism is socialism. The problem with capitalism is capitalists. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like socialism is just stupid. That's just a stupid idea. The problem with capitalism is that man is wicked, and eventually, man is going to. Uh, and that doesn't mean that capitalism should be thrown away. It's just that capitalism has its downfall, and that man has its downfall. I was just going to say, putting putting uh, fallen man in a, in a godless system is not necessarily a good mm. good outcome ever. Right. Yeah. And or you know the, the thought about the persecution is just saying you know I expect to be persecuted for our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and the direction that our governments the governments headed, and 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 that how can we change it? I mean, anything could be changed with with uh, you know. Prayer and reliance on God. There's no, there's nothing that says that God couldn't change something. Mm-hmm. But uh, the direction that we see our country going is it still, I think, a good place to live? Yeah. Uh, do I see it further transgressing into uh, vehemently, basically opposing Christians specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just for the reasons that you're saying. Yeah. It wouldn't take much. You know? So, uh, and, I, and I, I do actually agree with you on that. But God says to you know be blessed. You know, consider yourself blessed if you're going to be among the persecuted for His faith and for mm-hmm. and for His name. And so, I uh, ultimately just kind of feel like, well, you know, that's mm-hmm. probably where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that ultimately where we're headed? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, lose sleep over it necessarily. But right. Um, you know, don't necessarily would be wouldn't necessarily be surprised mm. if that's where we end up. I think Isaiah two is where we're heading, though. And Isaiah two talks about the inauguration of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, and with the coming of Christ. And it talks about how eventually the the world will be covered with Christians. It'll you won't even say to your neighbor, "Know the Lord," because he'll already know the Lord. And it will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I think that's where we're headed. It may be 10,000 years. (laughs) And and it's not going to be, you know, in the next decade or two decades or that kind of thing. But I think that if politics and all of that is downstream of worship, we have to keep our worship grounded in the reality that Christ is king right now. That Christ is not going to be king. He's king right now. Mm-hmm. And, and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But right now we can bow the knee and confess that he is Lord mm-hmm. because he is. Regardless of Emperor Inslee, whatever he has to say, regardless of what Bill Gates wants to do with tinkering with the world, God, Christ is king. Christ is king. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the good news in my mind when you're faced with kind of an uncertain future. Mm-hmm. Sure. In, in, Persecution may very well be a big part of that in the coming few years yeah, as, as we go into every flu season with the idea of lock, lock up the, the healthy. You know, that's going to be the new standard. Hopefully I'm wrong on that, but I, I worry that's going to be the new standard. That and me too. banning worship is going to be the first thing they do. Uh, banning worship and releasing criminals. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be a hard one, I think. Ultimately, when we start looking at Romans, mm-hmm. what point 
do you say, okay, we're going underground. I'm just gonna just gonna comply with Hensley, and we're just gonna comply, and we won't, we won't have churches. We don't. At what point do you start to be like the Chinese Christians, and you just have underground churches, and you fear for your life, or you yeah. fear that you're going to be persecuted, whatever? I mean, they fear for their life, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no question. We there. might have to yeah. fear some. How blessed are we to live here? You know, and be able to at least worship openly, but yeah. right? Not any, we can't <laughs> go worship openly on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>